0: This is the Revival Leadership Podcast. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Revival Leadership Podcast. We're back, you're back. And this is uh, the podcast where our vision is to help kingdom leaders become revival leaders. And we have arrived at season four, episode two. And today on the podcast, our topic is that revival is still on. Still on. Yes, even after 2020. Even after the most ridiculous meme-worthy year in our lifetime. Everything, even after everything that's happened, the politically, soci- socially, sociologically, the pandemic, the face masks, the protests, the all racial reckoning, the Proud Boys, the election, the insurrection.
1: What, even- a, what a ridiculous <laughs> year.
0: The Super Bowl. The- well, that was this year, not last year. <laughs> um, but even after all of that, revival is still on, and we still need to be ready for it more than we did in 2019. So more on that in a moment. But first, some brief introductions. Um, if you're new, I'm Adam Croft, Ministry Director for University in Rhode Island in southeastern Massachusetts. Here with me in our office, as he is every other day of the year, is Greg Johnson, Associate Ministry Director for University New England, and storinghouse for all sorts of information about astronomy, nuclear physics, Star Wars, how your blinds in your house works. Um, how cars run and, of course, Revival. Yeah. And, of course, you all are still here with us as well, and we're so very grateful to have you tune in again. So, with that... On to the podcast. On to the podcast. So, Greg... Yes, Adam. I have to ask, after a year where it feels like absolutely everything turned upside down, why is Revival still on?
1: It has been... A crazy year. It's been so disruptive and it's crazy to think about all that's happened and changed uh, our rhythms, our patterns, our lives, everything that's been disrupted this year.
0: It makes me think of that famous Mike Tyson quote that is wonderful. It says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it punched in the face or punched in the mouth?
0: I don't know. Punched in the face sounds better. I, li-
1: I like it too. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. And I think <laughs> it's a good one. It, that is. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, yeah, like in 2019, many of us were thinking about revival, praying for revival, getting fired up for revival, and then 2020 came along and punched us in the face. <laughs> and, you know, that's actually a kind of like familiar <laughs> feeling for me when it comes to seeking God for revival. Because like when I first embraced a personal calling around revival in 2015, it was such a positive concept for me. It's such an exciting, wonderful idea. And I started reading all the stories about what God had done in the past and it raised my hopes and my expectan- expectancy and my excitement and my longing and the- I you know I started praying with anticipation and telling other people about this vision for revival that God had put in my heart. It was almost like a magical thing that would just make everything better, you know. Kind of like like we talked about last last time, Aslan just coming into Narnia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my life, the church, the world, I was I was like a revival salesman. <laughs> I was a hype man for revival. And so whatever kind of meeting I was in, know uh, whoever I was meeting with even if it was like Thanksgiving dinner with a bunch of Massachusetts atheists and in my in-laws family all I all I could talk about was revival and and then <laughs> and then I got I got punched in the mouth like some really hard things started happening in in my life you know painful stuff mm-hmm. I found out for example my mom was sick with Alzheimer's and some really tough stuff happened at work and my wife left um, InterVarsity after 13 years of, she didn't leave me, <laughs> we're still happily married, but she. But I had really enjoyed partnering with her and she left uh, to take a different job and uh, three of my best friends got divorced and their wives left the faith and my moms, I could go on, I could go on and, um, y- you know, it wasn't, none of this was what I'd signed up for when I signed up to seek God for revival and like a constant struggle for me during those years was was like is revival still on I I I got this kind of call or this nudge to seek God for revival but then everything got so hard am I still called to seek God for revival when I'm not even all that excited about like anything anymore. <laughs> it was like all that initial faith and optimism for for a breakthrough of God's kingdom crashed into cold, hard reality of this is a broken world. And yeah, I felt like I got punched in the mouth.
0: Yeah. Wow. So a couple thoughts thoughts. Um, well, thanks for sharing vulnerably uh, from your life. And I think that's such a helpful illustration. And um, I, I was there for most of that. Um, So I I resonate deeply with the feeling of getting there. Yeah. Getting excited about something and then uh, realizing this is not going the way that you think or want it to go.
1: Yeah. That's like, that reminds me of another great line from Luke Skywalker in episode eight of star Wars, which I know some of you folks don't listen to, but you remember that line where, where he says to Ray, this is not going to go the way you think. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's right i forgot about that yeah um yeah the force was strong with that one yeah but it didn't go the way you think it didn't the last couple of years didn't go the way you thought they no would.
1: no it didn't
0: and yet you didn't give up because well here we are on the podcast talking about this yeah
1: i i, I didn't give up and and neither did you adam and I think one of the things we could probably both say from 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 both of our journeys is that pain and suffering and disruption are not are not actually antithetical to revival or revival leadership. I mean, like and one of the illustrations that was helpful for me in this time is thinking about like how like the process of hardening or proving metal. So metal was this helpful analogy. You know, metal has impurities in it when you take it from the earth and the, and the impurities in the ore make it brittle. And in order to strengthen the metal, you actually have to put the metal into a really hot thing with fire. You know, and it's called a, a crucible. You have to heat mm. the metal with fire. And that's the only way to get the impurities out of the metal. It's heat and time. You have mm. to literally burn stuff out of it and in my life and so many of our lives in order to to strengthen us i believe to receive the breakthrough we're asking for god has to strengthen us he has to allow us to go through suffering Hmm. to, to go through a crucible experience with heat and time are necessary in our lives
0: yeah it's like peter in his letter comparing our faith to gold that is tested
1: yeah that's a great that's a great verse he he's he says basically um you guys have had to suffer uh these trials but the but the trials come so that your faith which is of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined in the fire um may result in you know praise and glory when when jesus comes back
0: mm. and it's interesting that he says uh, it's the suffering grief in our trials that proves the genuineness of faith. Just like fire refines gold, suffering refines our faith.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's suffering has a refining... Um, it, it refines our faith. I don't know. It refines our faith. James says a similar thing. He says the testing of your faith, like rejoice when you... And it's easy to say, of course, like if you're sure. not in a trial, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. Adam, this happened to you. <laughs> yeah, just rejoice, because because the the testing of your faith will produce endurance, and, yep. and you know endurance is needed for you to become mature and complete." But it, but it is true. It's in it's in the scripture. Yep.
0: So back to 2020, just because we all got punched in the mouth by that year, by the disruption, the pain, the confusion, the depression. The unveiling of injustice by the nonstop anxiety.
1: Yeah, and the the you know people, everyone lost their jobs, and or a mm-hmm. lot, not everyone, a lot of people, millions of people, yep. uh, isolation, not being able to do anything except, you know, maybe go to. Target, wearing your face mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: all that. And the list goes on, right? And just because all that happened, it doesn't mean that God is not at work. In fact, God can and does use all these various kinds of trials and sufferings in order to do something in us that could never happen apart from suffering. Mm. He's making us mature, like Greg said, complete, refined, purified, like gold that has come through the fire, like steel that has been forged in the crucible. Mm. And we're not saying... That God causes suffering or is the author of suffering, but in a broken world, even suffering is a tool that God will use to refine us, to strengthen us, just as a crucible tests and strengthens
1: metal. Come on, come on, that's totally true. It, it, you know, I even think of another verse in the Hebrews, even Jesus, it says, was made, per. Was, wasn't he made perfect through what he suffered mm-hmm. in Hebrews? So. And yeah, God uses trials, whether it's Daniel in the lion's den or Jesus in front of Pilate or the crowds or Paul in prison or what we've experienced in 2020 to purify us. It's not suffering's not I guess it's not good, but it it does have a, a it does have a useful purpose. It sifts our motives. It crystallizes our discontent, teaches us how to rely on God to renounce our idols, to show us to show us what's in our heart and make us like God if we allow it to.
0: In Deuteronomy 8, it says, God led Israel into the wilderness to test them and to see what was in their hearts. So let, me, let me read it for us. It says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, mm. whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Mm. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God disciplines you.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing passage for 2020 and, and 2021 and, you know, Lent is and, coming up. Yep. So it's a good passage for Lent and, I really, as we've been praying, you know, and we just continually sense that we, the church is in a wilderness season right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's an important season because there's certain things that in, in our lives and in the life of God's people that can only happen in the wilderness, in the heat of testing, in the heat of the desert. There's things that can only happen there, and they, they can't happen when we're in the promised land, you know, whether yeah. that's 2022 or 2026, hopefully not, or, yeah. you know, who yep. knows.
0: So, could it be not that God wanted a pandemic or police violence or political insurrection, but could it be that God allowed it to happen and intends to use 2020 and 2021 to? discipline us not in the sense of punishment but in the biblical sense as a father disciplines or trains his son to cause us to grow up and to become like god our father
1: yes i didn't didn't
0: mean to say grow (laughs) up so (laughs) yeah condemningly but yeah but come on let's grow up
1: (laughs) yeah i mean could it be yeah i think it totally could be and i think you know if we submit like you said discipline which is so interesting in the Greek, that word is paideia, which doesn't mean like, you know, hitting someone with a whip or, you know, mm. making them sit in time out. But it's it's like the entire process of training a child into adulthood. And so if we endure, like Hebrews 12 says, hardship as discipline, as God raising up to be his sons and daughters. Yes, God could use this. Uh I mean, cuz think about it. If we're if we're going through all this and we're still seeking God for revival in 2021, it's fundamentally different than it was to seek God for revival in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Because in 2019, maybe our pursuit of all this had was full of kind of frothy optimism or untested faith, but now it's 2021 we've all been punched in the mouth it's different the faith we have now has a different quality the hope that we have now has a different quality there's a deeper level of conviction it's like it's not like oh i hope this happens it's like i'm i'm determined at this point it's not flavor of the month it's not a fad this is metal after it's been in the fire
0: so what we're saying is revival is still on yes and that god is using this past year to deepen our pursuit yes but there's another reason we can say a revival is still on even after 20, isn't there, Greg?
1: Yes. I mean, I, I really, you know, one of the things I had to, I did in seminary was I took this independent study of all these, all these revivals, and I don't know, there's a lot of books out there, and mm-hmm. I got kind of nerdy into the history of them all. But it's striking that so often, and Tim Keller talks about this in his sermons in 1990 when he first started Redeemer Church in New York, Um, He noted as well that most revivals are preceded by a season of disruption. So like the First Great Awakening, for example, was a lot of people don't talk about this, but there was a significant generational and economic disruption. Or the Second Mm -hmm. Great Awakening was preceded by all these revolutions like the American Revolution, the French Revolution. Or the Korean Pentecost happened alongside the the Japanese invasion or Azusa Street. There was like an earthquake right before the revival or the Franciscan revival. So many other revivals, there's disruption that comes before the revival.
0: And it makes sense that disruption would precede revival so often in history because usually it's only disruption that can actually make us open to significant change in our lives or in the world.
1: Yeah. Un- unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, like in the recovery community, uh, they, they talk about this. They talk about hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. and a lot of times like, you know, it's just until people hit rock bottom, they, they kind of have a hard time changing fundamentally. And, um, we, we need to recognize the need to, to change. And, and oftentimes only something, something that shakes us, uh, it can get us to make those kind of profound changes. Yeah.
0: And so the existence then of a year like 2020 of intense Mm -hmm. disruptions might actually be a leading indicator uh, of revival.
1: You know, it's, I think that's right. And it's funny because at the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic hit my, my father-in-law Len Started this community for what we call it the Forerunners Fellowship. For folks that think they have a call to get folks ready for revival, and you know we are, we're all in this community because we need support and encouragement too. Because it's you know it's an it's not not just everyone you bump into on Main Street that <laughs> is doing this, and so we're like, well, who else is doing? It? Let's. Although get a community. in
0: Providence, everything is yeah. revival themed. Uh, yeah, oddly revival, enough,
1: revival. Yeah. There are a lot of, in fact, we have Revival Brewing Company, uh, hanging on our wall. Um, but as we, as we all got together for our first meeting and we shared, Hey, why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you want to be part of a group like this over and over? What was just craziest folks shared that they had a sense that something was coming, like something big, you know, almost like the example we used, uh, was from that movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There are all these people that have this strange vision of like, you know, that they make in mashed potatoes or whatever of 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 something that was going to happen. And um we didn't know what was coming, but our sense was it was going to be disruptive. Like cataclysmic is the word we use. Images of tornadoes ripping things up or tsunamis crashing into the shores of New England.
0: Yeah, I I remember that. In fact, if you go back to the last season of the podcast, season 3, your father-in-law, Len, and you and I were talking about this sense that something disruptive was coming and that it would be part of revival preparation. Oh,
1: yeah, he w- Len was on the podcast. Yeah, he was. So that's time stamped. So we that it's <laughs> yeah. like We're not just making this up. up. We were talking about. Go back, guys. Listen to that podcast. It's going to wig you out (laughs) because I remember. Was that 2019? I I think so. Yeah. I remember talking about that. And I remember talking about it with Len actually for years. Hmm. Um, Uh, him telling me about these tornadoes that were coming and I was like, what are you talking about? And then I remember like at that first meeting of the of this fellowship we started after so many people shared those similar kind of senses from God, we we taught we we said to ourselves, like, what could it be? what could it possibly be? We couldn't imagine like, what could, yep. what could stop the hmm. entire world in its tracks and totally shake everything up? And we couldn't think of anything. Can't think we're of like, anything well, like God, that. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out and
0: enter 2020.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think now I can we know what it was. Yep. Like yep. I have no doubt that, um, in not just what it was, what it is. Cause it, it's not over yet. Like, the, mm. uh, you know, the mm-hmm. lady hasn't mm-hmm. sung, yeah. as, as, so to <laughs> as speak. As the saying goes. Yeah, and uh, so I do think God's using 2020 and 2021 and however long this disruption goes for. And I think he's, He's, you know, it's not comfortable, but he is surfacing things that have been under the surface. He's surfacing sin and darkness in our culture. And I think mm-hmm. he's revealing ancient idols and strongholds and demonic principalities. Sorry if that sounds weird. Uh, you know, email us and we can talk more about it, but yeah, I think white supremacy and also secularism Mm. and the futility of our politics. And he's stopping us in our tracks and he's shaking things up because the church and the culture needs a breakthrough of God's kingdom desperately. Uh, and so desperately that God is willing to use something like this to disrupt our status quo. Cause there's so much inertia for the way things have been going and he's doing it in the hopes that we might become open to change, that we might admit as a nation, we need you, God, we've hit rock bottom. We can't, we can't have your kingdom without you leading us. And so I think the question is like, how are we going to respond to 2020 and however long this thing goes? And I think, like, back to that group, sorry to keep going back to it, but that image of the tsunami coming, yeah. I I have had that in prayer, and other people have had it too. And I think it's helpful because, uh, yeah, lots of us saw this giant wave getting ready to crash into the country. But as I've been thinking about a tsunami, um, and I'm such a nerd, I research <laughs> this stuff, you know, before a tsunami crashes, it's interesting, the water actually... Recedes because Mm -hmm. the the wavelength of a tsunami is so long, right? And so Mm -hmm. before it hits, it looks like the water is like draining out of the bay or draining out of the harbor, flowing out to sea, leaving the sea floor, floor totally dry. And it's disorienting for folks that are there.
0: I can imagine, like as the water recedes, you can see everything. It's all out there. You can see the litter, seashells, the sand, whatever is under the surface is exposed and revealed.
1: Yeah, and and sometimes this weird period, uh, this crazy, strange period can last for a a while, sometimes several minutes, sometimes a half hour.
0: And oftentimes people walk out into the mud, look around, which to me doesn't sound like the best idea.
1: It's it's not a good idea. Yeah, so like if you see the water, public service announcement, (laughs) if you see the waters recede from the ocean, you know, basically get... The heck out of Dodge. Yeah, um, uh, yeah you, you you need... It means that a wave is coming, like a really big wave, and you have to get ready. It means you got to find high ground. Yeah,
0: get to high ground. Like, so in 2020, it would be safe to assume that the spiritual waters have
1: receded. I, I mean... I, that that is what that's what I would assume to be safe yeah uh, if I want to be safe I would need to assume <laughs> I need to something's assume. happening here
0: yeah we're, we're at a new level of spiritual desperation new rock bottom uh, and the question for us will be are we going to get ready are we going to get to higher ground are we going to prepare ourselves and position ourselves for the waters when it comes back in it's time to be ready
1: yeah it is it's and I think if we're ready if we're prepared if we you know, like last night we were praying, and and somebody had a word from God, like come up higher. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't think it was about tsunamis, but it's like come yeah. up high. Like yeah. if we are ready to go up and be closer to God, um, God can use us. We'll be able to participate with Him in what He does next, whenever that happens.
0: So here is a question: What happens if we're not ready? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. But I guess, you know, another question with that is like, do, do we want to find out? Like, hmm, let's just test God out here. Like Noah is like sitting there. God's like, build an ark, Noah. And he's like, what happens if I don't? <laughs> that's, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> so revival is still on even after 2020, especially after 2020. Yeah. In fact, it's highly probable God is using and wants to use all that's happened to cue us up to get ready for revival so some of you uh, folks out there listening may be asking what does it mean for us to get ready for revival how exactly do we do that
1: yeah and that's what we want to talk about in the next episode
0: so stay tuned for episode three but as we close we know that there are some of us who feel confused and befuddled and exhausted and depressed and anxious by 2020 but our encouragement is that Just because something is hard and difficult and feels like a punch in the mouth, doesn't mean God is confused or bewildered or without a plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we may have had our plan, our plan for twenty twenty. I know I did. You know, I was planning to go on a fifteenth anniversary to, Mm. you know, the the Caribbean, and then uh, I got we my wife and I got punched in the face by this year, (laughs) and you know many of us may have, may have had a plan for 2020 and we got punched in the face but you know God has been telling us to seek him for revival long before 2020 happened. So was God surprised by this last year was he confused by 2020? no no <laughs> he, when he told us when he told me to seek God when he told you Adam when he told all these all you guys listening you know to that revival is coming he knew 2020 was was coming all along. Even in 2019 and 2018 2015 um, and earlier when he called many others, uh, like my father-in-law, like like many of my friends, to start seeking him and praying for revival.
0: So in all this, we know that God is able to work all things, even 2020, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so could it be that 2020 is part of God's sovereign plan? Again, not that he's the creator of chaos or evil, but... That he will indeed use it to his own ends in his own time.
1: I, I say, I say, yes, absolutely. And if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, <laughs> I'd put my money on it.
0: Yeah, give me ten dollars on God redeeming evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, what, what friends, the odds <laughs> <on that? laughs> be and be encouraged, and let's allow our faith and our hope to be tested and refined. Like, like a precious metal by all that's happened and uh, resurrected and strengthened like gold refined by fire. Mm. And let's come back next week to talk more about getting ready for revival. Let's do. So thanks for listening. And as always, if you found this podcast encouraging, please subscribe, like us on Facebook and Instagram and share the podcast with others. See you next time.